The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, hello and welcome back. Thanks for joining us again uh, for this Monday edition of the Source of Truth podcast. If you're following along with us in Scripture, uh, we are in the book of Matthew and we're in chapter number 26 as we continue our journey through the life of Christ in Matthew's gospel. Uh, we are working our way now into these final, at least I'm bleeding up to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and we will see kind of the beginning stages of this. It wasn't long ago we talked about Palm Sunday and the triumphal entry that it's known for, and now we work towards the day that Jesus predicts uh, that he is going to be betrayed. So let me give you a little bit of context. I think it's important to keep in line what's going on. Uh, they were just at Mary, uh, just at the house where Mary anointed Jesus' head. Um, the passage in Matthew says that many disciples were frustrated, but frankly, I think it's the book of John. We go back to and realize really it was um, it was Judas who was upset, and we know that Judas was the one really didn't want to give money to the poor, as he stated. Judas really uh, just wanted to steal money, as he would do, as he was a follower of Christ, but not a follower of Christ, if you know what I mean. He, he followed, but he did not accept him as a Savior, which is a proof that that can happen in church. It can happen in any Christian realm when someone can believe or claim that Jesus is or follow Jesus or whatever, but have they ever personally made that decision to, to allow Jesus, to make Jesus the Lord of their life and to make him a savior? And that's really the question, you know, the point you look at when you look at Judas. Uh, but we're going to pick up there. So they leave this scenario, they leave this house where all of this, well, a year's worth of wages is wasted. Uh, well, they call wasted. It was poured out onto Jesus uh, in a form of worship and preparation for his burial. Of course, Judas sees it as waste. And so let's see what Judas does next, going to Matthew chapter 26, verse 14. And when the tw- one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. So from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. So it's a simple point. Judas steps out immediately with the premise of, I've got to find a way to deal with this. Uh, Whether or not Judas was just annoyed at Jesus, whether Judas was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Um, He's obviously not here to make money. You remember, we believe that all of the disciples really, uh, at least in back of mind, thought that there was some level of of. a position building. They thought he was going to be a political revolutionary, take over, sit on the throne. As the Messiah will do one day, they thought it was happening there. And so it, it, it bears to reason that one of them, if, if at least one of them, would have seen this for a profit-based scenario. And then it became clear to him, okay, I'm not going to really get position and money out of this, so I need to rethink this. And so he, well, going what his intention was, let me go find a way to get money out of this. And he goes to chief priest. Then he begins to look for opportunities to portray basically listening, and anytime Jesus says something, bam, I got to look for an opportunity. So let's continue on in verse number 20, uh, verse 17, I'm sorry. Now, on the first day of the feast of the unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying to him, where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. So let me explain basically what's going on here. You have a scenario of what's known as the Passover. If you're not familiar with what that is, um, when 
Israel was under bondage in Egypt. You remember way before that, uh, there was a huge famine and Joseph was sent. Uh, he was there to prepare the way. Canaan, uh, well, Jacob and the 12 sons of Israel were came up there uh, to survive the famine. Uh, well, at this point, they'd grown so big, Joseph had passed away, and the new Pharaoh basically they enslaved Israel because they'd gotten so big. Well, now at this point, uh, God has moved Moses to help his people get free and ultimately brought along 10 plagues. The final plague was the plague that anybody who did not take a sheep and kill it and put the uh, blood on the post, and please understand the blood on the post are the top and the two sides picturing the cross. Anyone would not would lose their firstborn son. Uh, this is where Pharaoh lost and out of anger kicked Israel out to ultimately chase them down. And so from that point on, they were to celebrate this event as the day that Jesus or God rescued them from slavery. A great picture of what the cross is doing, rescuing us from our slavery to sin. And that's the perfect example. So now they're going to celebrate the Passover. And so they are told to go in. A man has been prepared by God. And it really, it's relatively simple. They go to the house and they begin to prepare. This is kind of where some information gets kind of unique. Um, verse 20, when the evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. Now as they were eating, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. And each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes just as is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? And he said to him, you have said. So one of the things intriguing when you look at this is immediately the moment Jesus makes a, this statement, which would be an overwhelming statement for a group of people who have really left everything to be followers of Jesus. And I find it intriguing outside of, you know, you know we see Judas doing it later, but the other 11 immediately come out and say, is it I? Am I going to do it? I find that intriguing. I find that intriguing because you see this heart of these men. You see the heart that they weren't about accusing other people. They were so, uh, they were designed to be right with God, so sensitive in hearing what God was saying that instead of saying, how dare anybody do this, they immediately said, what I do that. There was, a, there was a recognition of their weakness and the fact that in the wrong scenario, they might make a horrendous decision like this. And now Jesus knew what was happening. Jesus knew that Judas had already met with these men and then he later said, sends him out to do what was supposed to be done. And again, a fulfillment of prophecy. Uh, again, this is how God's plan was established. Uh, it is something, though, that you look at Judas, and Judas then comes back and says, is it I? Please understand, Judas wasn't being sensitive. Judas wasn't trying to show his sensitivity. I, I, my opinion, Judas was either, number one, does Jesus really know? Has he caught on to my scheme? Or two, uh, I don't want anybody else to think it's me, so I've got to speak like everyone else does. Um, Jesus kind of lets it quiet, lets, you know, knows it's going to happen, but doesn't name it, doesn't want it to be stopped, and just kind of fulfills. The next thing we'll see in the next episode is he'll walk right into the Last Supper and he'll begin these final proceedings before this uh, trial that will come as a result of what Judas has done. Uh, when I think about this, one of the things that I do find intriguing, I've read in many places, heard people teach that Judas had no choice. 
that this had been predestined before Judas was born, and that uh, he had no choice, that he was going to do this. This was God's plan. I hope you understand something. There is scripture that references that things are predestined by the foreknowledge of God. The word foreknowledge, in its original, does not give the idea of a predetermined path. It does not say that someone has been forced or predetermined to do something. It just means that God and his sovereignty knows it's going to happen. There's a huge difference between those two things. One of them is God forcing someone to do something. One of them is God just aware of what they will do. Now, here's the problem. Uh, let me go back and read you a section of Scripture that if God was forcing this, then this would scare me a little bit. It comes down, he says at the end of verse um, 24, it would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Think about this. God, the amount of punishment that's going to come to Judas, that ultimately came to Judas, will, as a result of this, because it would have been better that he had never been born. If Jesus had forced that Judas to do this, then you would have only been able to see a heartless, cruel um, may, a God. You're not going to see a loving, gracious God. You're going to see a God who created a man, forced him into a position, now is punishing him for that. Frankly, uh, that's just not the character of God. Uh, God does not let people be born and then say, okay, only some can be saved, some cannot be, and those who cannot be are just, well, they're going to go to hell is what it is. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but to all come to repentance. But please understand this. God is also fully, fully aware that not all will come to repentance. God is fully aware that, frankly, much more will not repent than will. That doesn't mean that man does not have a free will. In fact, in the free will is where God says, because of your free will, you won't. Uh, more will reject him than will accept him. And the Bible says, narrow is the way that leads to repentance. And few there be that will find it. God's made his plan, his plan his, uh, path clear, the plan clear. He's given an answer. He's given the cross, all of this. But yet human nature, the sinful human nature, is ultimately going to limit that uh, because we're just selfish beings. Uh, so I, I want us to understand that in the character of God, you're not seeing a God who has tricked somebody and put him in punishment. This man followed Jesus for three years and had absolutely every right, and I would state even conviction to make the right decision. He had to continually every day say no, which in my mind is probably why he finally said, I'm done. I'm done with this. And he heads off chief priests. Judas's decisions were his own. When we look at this, one, we see that Jesus knows what's going on and he does not stop it. He does not stop another man's decision, which means our free will is one we will follow and God will let us go where we want to go. He does not follow the upcoming punishment of the cross and the... Um, the, uh, the court that's coming, he does not stop that. He knows it's coming. He's allowing all of these things that he knows are coming to continue to happen because this is the will of his Father, and he's following that, and he does that for you and for me. I love these truths, and I hope that's a reminder of his love for you and his willingness to endure what he knows is coming uh, because he loves you so much. And may that love be a reminder of us to look to it, to maybe accept it if you've not done that, and to be driven every day by the love, grace, and mercy of our wonderful Savior. Well, thanks for joining us again today for the few minutes that we have together. Appreciate the privilege to be part of your day, speak into your life, and teach the Word of God. I hope it's an encouragement. Stick with us tomorrow as we continue and studying through the book of Matthew in chapter number 26.